Welcome in to another edition of Region Roundup. I'm James Boyd here with Mike Clark. Mike, how are you doing? I'm hoping you're warm. Oh, man. You know, I'm seeing what's going on down in Texas. Millions, millions yeah. of people without power. Um, I lived in Texas for a short time back in the 80s, and I can tell you that they uh, are definitely not used to this kind of weather, um, even the power outage being a side. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, man, it's like... So we got through the pandemic for 11 months, and then all, all of a sudden, here comes winter yeah. with all of its glory and uh, cold and very cold, not just cold, but really cold, and snow, not just snow, but lots of snow, including <laughs> a lot of snow outside the Boyd House in Romeoville and the... Evidence of that is in the viral video uh, that we saw posted on Twitter the other night of you uh, taking a uh, running leap off the front porch. And uh, I, I don't know how many points I'd get for that. You know, we need to talk to some diving judges, you know, <laughs> not, not, not maybe the greatest form in that, but uh, definitely style points, I would say. And uh, you had mentioned that, uh, that was not unanimously well received in the Boyd household. No, um, we were. So what happened was I, I shoveled. I believe this was um, Monday. So I shoveled Monday when it was snowing like crazy. Uh, this was maybe like 11 a.m. And then uh, my dad came home. He gets off, and then, you know, around 4:30, and he comes home, and it's coming down again, really bad. So we waited for my sister to get in from her job, and then we cleared the driveway for a second time, my second time going out there in 24 hours. Uh, not even 24 hours, it's more like five hours. Um, and so we cleared all of that, and it was still snowing. And, uh, you know, we were looking outside, and my sister was like, I want to go play in the snow. And I was like, I'll, I was like, I'll go jump in it right now. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody believed that I would do it, except for my sister, maybe. So I told her, like, I was just like, just hold the phone, um, and I'm going. And my parents were, uh, you know, telling me for you know, probably about a minute, like, don't do this. It's cold. What are you doing? You know, and being a bunch of uh, Grinches. And uh, I, I had to remember, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm the one who shoveled this. And two, I'm grown. So what are you going to do? Like, you know, ground me or, or, or put me on punishment or I, I don't know that those things don't exist anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of took the I'm grown approach and opened the door, uh, ran out in my no shoes, socks, sweatpants and a hoodie and uh jumped and i give myself like a three on the dive um wasn't i didn't know how hard it would be so i kind of took it lightly <laughs> and uh it, it was fun and i came back inside right away and uh stripped down to like i had some shorts on underneath my pants and, and, and a t-shirt and my mom just shook her head at me um and she continued to shake her head at me for for about an hour afterwards every time i looked at her she would just put her head down um in, in disappointment and my dad was just like See, see, you should have raised your son better. You didn't raise your son. You see, you didn't, you didn't raise your son right. So the running joke in my house is that whenever me and my sister, we do anything that doesn't please our parents, um, even though like just lighthearted stuff, they'll like uh, banter with each other. Like, well, you should have raised your son better. Like it's not both their sons or, or both of their daughters. So it was, uh, it was fun, man. It, just, it brought some laughs out, I'm sure, uh, around my house, even though uh, they, were, they were fussing at me. And then uh, my sister with her camera work, 
wasn't the greatest because she was actually looking at me and laughing and probably couldn't believe that it was happening. So she apologized for her uh, for missing like, you know, not missing it, but like having a bad angle, but which no one really cares about. But it was uh, it was fun, something to do. And honestly, I was like so sick of the snow. And uh, as my grandma says, all weather is good weather, you know, because God made it. So I was trying to, you know, em- embrace some of that positivity that my grandma has. Um, although she doesn't shovel snow, obviously. So. Easy for her to say. I know. Right? I, I welcome her perspective after being out there. No disrespect to the Grams. You know, I love her, but it was just fun. I, I told her about it. She was laughing. I, I got to send my, I think I sent my aunt the video. She'll show it to her and she'll probably fuss at me as well. But uh, when you shovel the snow, you can do what you want with it. So that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's, uh, you know, and, and it kind of reminds me too, just speaking of viral stuff. Um, that we saw this week is the uh, the hearing, the court hearing down in Texas, where one of the lawyers showed up as a cat with the cat yes. filter. I'm <laughs> sure most of us saw that. So, um, you know, we really need to have a, a little bit of fun sometimes. You know, and it's been a grim 11 months. You know, for so many different reasons. Obviously, COVID. Uh, now the weather, um, and it feels like. You know, it's, it's been a tough 11 months, so we need to laugh sometimes. And uh, however we get it, uh, you know, whether it's you jumping in the snow or the, uh, the lawyer dude down in Texas uh, forgetting to take the cat filter off his uh, <laughs> laptop for the Zoom hearing. Um, well, I'll we'll tell take you what, it. Mike, I had a Zoom thing I did with one of my uh, friends the other night. And my, my mom used my laptop. Uh, not too long ago, and when I logged in, I was her, and then like had this Delta Sigma Theta, which is a sorority <laughs> background, and I had to like log back out and redo it because I had like this red background and all this other like glittery stuff, and I was like, oh wow, I forgot that I was born a boy for a day. So um, yeah, I, I can relate. I wasn't a cat though, but so I, I can't relate to that. But that was definitely a pretty funny moment. It kind of sums up how we've all had to just adapt to technology and sometimes it doesn't, you know, go our way all the time. Yeah. And, uh, speaking more of snow, uh, you're going to a game tonight. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday and you're not going to this game. Would have been a great game, Andrean and Westside, but, uh, uh, apparently there are boiler issues at Andrean. So that game was postponed until next week. Um, yeah. So at least, at least it was not a COVID postponement. So we yeah, I, I reached out right away, and when the AD told me it was postponed, uh, and that they had already like planned on playing the game next week, and all other games were like postponed, uh, I you know I, I just got curious, like what's what is it if it's not COVID? And you know, fittingly enough, uh, you know it was a boiler issue um, that they I'm sure they'll get fixed ASAP. But like you said, I'm gonna miss out on that game, but I'll head to. <sighs> Uh, Couts and Lake Station at Lake Station instead. Um, I'm, I'm just excited to get to a game at this point. I mean, all of Tuesday's games were postponed or canceled, um, so I'm itching to get back, you know, in, in my hot seat and have that deadline pressure later tonight. So um, I kind of welcome it. So it, it should be fun. I'm grateful for it every time, even though it's not as fun going through it. Once you hit send, Mike, I'm sure you know, and you make that deadline, it's like a rush. Like, yes, I made it again. Well, I'm going to have to find out. Luckily, my game, uh, well, actually, I'm spo- uh, here's a spoiler alert. We're going to be talking <laughs> about me finally going to a game for the first time in uh, 11 months uh, at the end of the podcast, but we'll save that for later. Um, anyway, uh, staying with basketball, though, uh, we have uh, Crown Point 
still alive, avenging uh, last year's loss to Penn uh, in the playoffs and uh, moving on. Yeah, Mike, it was an incredible day. Um, there were it was Penn versus Merrillville in the first um, uh, semifinal. Penn rolled past Merrillville, and it was Laporte and Crown Point, and Crown Point rolled past uh, Laporte. So setting up the rematch, it was like their, I believe, their fifth time facing each other in the last three years. Every game has been pretty tight. Um, Crown Point had defeated uh, Penn during the regular season by one point, and then this time around, they uh, they beat them pretty handedly but I mean the start of the game was insane Mike like they started off 13 nothing pen and I'm, I'm thinking like whoa like you know I don't think anybody expected it to be like that because you know all you hear about from fans and and the two uh, fan bases and everything you see on Twitter is like oh it's gonna be a really great game because Crown Point I believe is like number two in the state Penn was number three and then uh you know come out and, and Penn's just 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 beating up Crown Point. I'm like, whoa, like this is not what I expected. And then Crown Point roared back with the 14-0 runs to take the lead. Um, and it was pretty even uh, for the rest of the game until Crown Point pulled away at the end to earn the victory. Um, their ninth regional championship, second in, in three years. Um, fittingly enough, their their first one won, uh, uh, in the last couple of years was against Penn as well. Uh, beat them in overtime. Um, so it was a great game, man. Like, Mike, that was the best game I've seen, boys and girls, all year. Um I've seen some good ones this year, but just the stakes of it obviously adds to it. And the shot making of Jessica Carruthers was off the charts. I, I have seen her play uh, in a lot of big games the last three years. I actually started my career her freshman year, so I've seen all of her career at Crown Point. And um, she was unstoppable in certain stretches. She had a fadeaway on the, on the baseline, Mike, that looked like it was like a Kobe Bryant type of thing. <laughs> Because I, I and, and really I'm thinking like wow it's a horrible shot and it went in I'm like wow it's a great shot <laughs> you know so and then she did it again you know later on in the game and proved it wasn't a fluke um, so she got in some she got you know in, in a stretch there in the first half where she scored about seven straight points to get him back in the game and then in the third quarter she scored about seven or eight and you know nine straight points um, and she hit one pull up jumper over two people and I was thinking okay well she's just you know on, on fire right now. And then Lily Stoddard, uh, the 6'4 Purdue commit, also a junior. Mike, it was the best game I've seen her play. And again, I've seen her play in a lot of big games. Best game I've ever seen her play. She was just straight up dominant. I think I had her for 13 points, 14 rebounds, um, six blocks, probably altered about, you know, 10 more shots. Um, you know, everything that she did just made it so much like so much harder for Penn to score after that first you know wave of offense after that man it got pretty tight and then in the fourth quarter they opened up the fourth quarter like I think like a 15-0 run and uh kind of put the game away from that point but it was a great game uh I know some uh Penn had a great player Trinity Clinton who's their all-time leading scorer uh she became their all-time leading scorer in that game um she kind of kept a minute but at the end of the day when you got in my opinion the two best players on the floor and they both play their best in that game. It's hard to beat them, man. And it was a it was a great game. They had twenty five percent capacity at Laporte, so the fans were there. Uh, they were loud, and uh, it felt like a semi not semi state, but it felt like a, a regional championship game. And I'm hoping for a similar environment, you know, this Saturday up at Laporte when Crown Point takes on uh, Fort Wayne Carroll, who's uh, twenty five and two. I believe Crown Point is twenty one and twenty three and one. So uh, it's gonna be a great game. It should be fun. I'll have more on that later this week. 
as far as just uh, previews and, you know, kind of we'll do some scouting on Fort Wayne Carroll, other stories I have up my sleeve. But, Mike, it was fun, man. I enjoyed it, and it really felt like a playoff game in Indiana. And I'm hoping uh, and really just thankful that it's happening. And hopefully, you know, the teams can stay safe, fans can stay safe, and we can do it again in a couple of days. And uh, let's uh, just give a thanks to the IHSAA for – scheduling the regional and the semi-state both in LaPorte yes. <laughs> because there have been years there have been years where those trips have been a lot longer particularly the semi-state I mean the semi-state could be obviously anywhere in the northern half of the state so to have it um, as close as LaPorte uh, we very much appreciate that so uh, let me, uh, especially with the weather, the way, the way it's been. Oh, man, um, it took me forever to get to LaPorte last week, and it took me forever to get back home, but wouldn't trade it for anything because that's the job sometimes, and you just got to deal well, with it. No snow in the forecast Saturday, Mike, so hopefully right. it'll be good. Yeah, and uh, a little bit more basketball on the boys' side. Uh, Christopher Mattis from Lowell uh, reached a milestone, and it was a particularly meaningful one for him, too. Yeah, it was a really unique story. Um, you know, obviously we've had a lot of great players do a lot of great things this year. Um, usually, if they go over a thousand points or becoming all-time leading scorer at their school, uh, I'll include it in a notebook. I'm not at the game like live, but this time I did a separate story simply because uh, Christopher Mantis actually passed um, his uncle, basically his stepdad's best friend, who uh, you know Chris has known basically all his life. Um, you know, uh, he passed Chris Juicevich who was a 1989 uh, Lowell graduate. Um, he held the previous record. I think it was like something like 17, about 1,700 points, 1,716 off the top of my head, I think. And uh, Manis is now at 1775 and counting. Um, and it's basically like a family type of thing, really family-oriented story. I actually talked to uh, you know Joe Delgado, the Lowell head coach, for the story. Ended up not using any quotes from him because I was like, you know what? Like, you know, I talked to his, his stepdad, who's also an assistant coach on the team. Talked to the, you know, the, the, the former record holder. And now I talked to Manis. And it was really like a cool family type of story. And decided to leave the coach out, which I'm sure he didn't mind. Um, you know, write about Manis so much. I'm sure we'll talk to him soon about it. But it was a really fun story just because of the banter that kind of goes back and forth between those two. Uh, from what I understand, uh, Chris Juzvich is a trash talker. And uh, he didn't mind trash talking uh, Chris even when he was little Chris. Now he's six foot seven Chris in the Appalachian State commit, and uh, you know any an all star candidate. So it was a really cool story. Um, if Chris keeps up this pace, he might have an outside chance of actually uh, cracking, you know, uh, you know, nineteen hundred or possibly two thousand points. I'm not, I'm not sure if he'll get there, just because they did miss some games this year due to COVID and things like that. But all that being said, I mean, he's averaging, I think, like 27 points a game, 50% shooting, 38 from three, and 80% from the line. Uh, he's kind of like the, in my opinion, Mike, he's like the Kevin Durant of the region in a sense because he just, he's six foot seven. So when he shoots, it's either he makes it or he misses it. Like, it's not because he's deterred too much by the defense because he just rises up and shoots over you. You know what I mean? Like, so, and he's very efficient at shooting the ball. And, 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 and I will say, uh, check out that story. It's really, really fun. Quick read. Um, and one that I was pretty proud of and their family enjoyed it. And they're, they're an awesome family. I think Chris is a very good representative of Lowell. Um, very humble kid and uh, one of the best basketball players that's kind of come through the area in recent years. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we will uh, 
now switch gears a little bit and uh, move on to football recruiting. Uh, it's, it's football recruiting has been kind of strange this year. We've talked about it um, at different times during the pod. Uh, we had we had long uh, dead periods, um, but now uh, coaches are able to talk to recruits and stuff, and we're actually in the the twenty two cycle. Um, but even 23s uh, are getting uh, some attention. And one of those is uh, Andrean's Drake Bowen, who is, uh, could be, it looks like he's going to be the best, or I'm sorry, the next big timer from the region, uh, Jojo Johnson, we've talked about a lot. Obviously, he is the current big timer uh, heading to play to Notre Dame. And uh, Drake Bowen, uh, coincidentally, has an offer from Notre Dame as well. And uh, when Notre Dame offers you as a sophomore, you know you're probably pretty good. Yeah, um, just to kind of add some context, I'll have more on this in a, a recruiting notebook. Uh, you know, shortly after this pod gets posted, and um, Bowen is is he's and actually, well, the funny thing about it, Mike, I reached out to him about it because I knew, you know, I had to do a recruiting uh, update when a kid gets an offer from Notre Dame. Um, even if I didn't have any other recruits to really talk to, which I still did, but even if I didn't. I still would did the story on it just because it's Notre Dame, you know what I mean? And we're in Indiana, so it has to be written about. But right, I mean, like an hour after I talked to him about getting the Notre Dame offer, he got an offer from Purdue. So I was like, oh, like fittingly, you know, this kid gets another offer. So now he's got three offers from the three Indiana uh, schools. He's got one from Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame. Uh, he's got Arkansas, Ball State, Cincinnati. And um, he is, just to put some perspective, like, on him – He's the top-rated sophomore in the state, according to 24-7 Sports. And that's for any position. Um, so that lets you know he's a four-star prospect right now. Um, and again, he's only a sophomore. That's that's the crazy part about it. We saw JoJo Johnson you know, blow up his senior year and kind of come on late and get the Notre Dame offer. But the fact that Notre Dame is in, you know, is, is calling him, reaching out to Drake right now, and he's got two more years left of high school, lets you know, uh, you know how much you know, uh, upside they think he has and how much talent they, they think he has right now. Um, some other quick things about him. He's number three. Uh, he's a number three outside linebacker, outside linebacker as a sophomore, uh, you know, in the country for his class. So that, that's also pretty impressive. Um, and then he's a number 61 overall uh, sophomore nationally in his class. So, I mean, that's to be top 100 in your class nationally for football, um, you know, when there's 11 guys on both sides of the ball at all times, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So I'll have more on that, his reaction to it. He's a very humble kid, mild-mannered. Um, but just seeing him play myself, uh, you know, he's very humble, but when he gets on the field, there's a different side that comes out. And uh, I think, Mike, the thing that kind of separates, in my, in my personal, like, you know, amateur analyst, you know, opinion, I guess, uh, he just moves faster than everyone else, and what's more impressive about him is that he's 215. He's six foot two, 215, moving just, I mean, incredibly fast and incredibly violent um, on the field. So he's obviously had a really good program in Drain. I'm sure he's going to continue to grow and improve, but um, he's a big-time recruit for sure. And then we also got some other ones. Uh, I got to give a shout-out, Mike. Actually, Jack Darlington from Crown Point, Mike, listen to our podcast. He's a junior offensive tackle. Uh, he's the first – kid from crown point to get an offer from a division one program since 2007 according oh, to the wow. crown point football uh, twitter um and he's got an offer his first division offer from air force 
So, uh, Gila Star Podcast. So, um, Jack, shout out to you for listening and all other listeners. Thank you so much. And then the last guy in my uh, recruiting notebook is Kenneth Grant from uh, Merrillville, uh, the uh, you know really big defensive lineman, 6'4", 330. Um, he's a junior. He's got he picked up four offers this month. Uh, off the top of my head, I think he got one from Toledo, Ball State, um, you know, and, and a couple others. So uh, he's a big time player. Uh, he's got also got offers from Nebraska and Purdue, and I'm sure more will come his way just because you can't teach 6'4", 335 as a defensive tackle, and also he moves. Uh, again, all these players when they earn individual scholarships, they move at a different pace or, or a different speed, or they have like just a different level of athleticism. Um, and he has that. He actually played basketball early on in high school, so it lets you know how agile he, he is. He playing basketball at six four three thirty. Um, I think those days are over, and um, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think he has a bright future either way in, in football. And I'm, I'm certainly you know wouldn't want to see him on a basketball court either. Uh, setting screens or, or grabbing rebounds. So uh, that's pretty funny. Also, just one little quick thing I'll, I'll throw out there because uh, show some love to the football players who uh, who are pretty good at basketball. Uh, Nikki's, uh, Nikki Flesher from Andran, he went over 1,000 points, uh, and he's a standout wide receiver over there. Uh, and he's also, again, a good, pretty good basketball player. He's the eighth player in, in program history to do it. I'll have that in the notebook this week. And then also uh, Cooper Jones last Friday hit his first – three-pointer of the year against uh, against Crown Point. He's one for two. Uh, the shooting stroke looked pretty pretty good, and he was pretty hyped after making it. And it was just funny seeing him do it because in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, this this uh, burly, you know, uh, I guess slightly above average big man is also like Mr. Football, uh, you know, for, for, for his position. So it's kind of uh, cool to see him uh, be like a role player on the basketball team. But also having the back of your mind, remember that oh, he's probably you know one of the best prospects in the state and has the potential to go you know to the next level in college and maybe beyond that. So shout out to all the football players who are playing basketball, doing really well, and just uh, keeping me busy, man. You just keep keep getting offers, Mike. So I feel like I have to check in like every two weeks almost. So it's really it's, real, it's been really fun. Yep, and uh, want to talk about a little, a little bit about uh, your big. Enterprise story from last weekend, uh, which is something that's actually been in the works for a while. We've been thinking about it for a while, um, and I know that uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of legwork, a lot of interviews um, to get this put together. And it's about how the pandemic has uh, affected officiating. And we saw this like really early on, even in football. It's like we heard these anecdotal stories about older refs uh, opting out because they didn't want to be at risk basically and uh you know you could you took kind of a deep dive into this um and uh you know if you can maybe give us i mean folks read the story um you know because there's a lot there and there's no way we can cover all of it right right here but uh you know maybe there are a few high points that you wanted to to lift out of that for you know, for the reader or for the listeners right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'll say right off the bat is one, shout out to my, my editor, Aaron Ferguson, for just pushing me to do the story. Um, similar to the way you used to push me as my editor and the other editors I've had in the past all the way back to when I was in college. Um, the great editors will push you out of your comfort zone and, and assign things for you to do that make you, uh, you know, kind of scared. Because I, I didn't know where to even begin with this story. 
um, or, or how to go about it and, and, and just structurally. I usually don't have to like discuss how I'm going to structure a story um, with my editor or things like that just because um, it's not, you know, as big as this one. Um, so we really talked about the structure of it, what points you want to hit. And really, the way I can kind of sum it up is that I, I, I shared a little of like each, um, you know, referee or official I, I interviewed, their background, why they got into it, how they got into it, you know, why they opted in or why they opted out um, to kind of give that human aspect to it. Also provided some numbers. Um, you know, we've had more officials uh, actually opt out this school year um, from last year's school year to this school year in the last like four school years combined. Um, and I'll let you know that obviously something, you know, uh, irregular has happened and that is the pandemic. Um, so I would encourage everyone to read it. Um, big shout out to Kim Yelich, my favorite Reven official. Uh, well, my, well, she's 1A, 1AA, 1B, I guess, is Michelle DeRosa, who's a, a softball official. She got on me about, uh, I guess, playing favorites when I shouted out uh, Kim Yellis. But both of them are great. Um, I didn't actually interview Michelle for this story, but she's somebody I'm sure if I ever need to talk to you down the line, I will. Um, and I actually might get her perspective just for another story as far as what the spring officials are, are, are looking at, you know, as far as their first game in, in almost two years. So overall, though, it was a, I think it was a very in-depth piece, one that, um, like you said, took me a lot of time, a lot of legwork, a lot of phone calls. And basically, Mike, it turned into one person leading me to the next person kind of thing. And all kind of started with Kim Yelich and, um, and also uh, Andy Simpson and those two kind of pointed me in the right direction, gave me a few numbers, people to reach out to. And all these officials were very happy to talk to me. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a really just heartfelt uh, type of story. I wanted to really drive home the point that officials um, are important and you can't do these games without them ever, and especially in a time like this. So, um, you know, a lot of them made some tough calls. And, and for one example, one official I talked to, Dave Kurtz, who's down in the Indy area, who's a colleague of Kim Yelich. He opted out because he's type 2 diabetes. I mean, he has type 2 diabetes, so um, it was he's at a higher risk, you know, for severe complications if he gets the virus. So he's been doing it for 30 years, and it's the first time in 30 years he's not, you know, officiating, which is, you know, a big part of his life and something that he misses a lot. And uh, he's hoping to get back out there um, for the next school year. Um, so, you know, it, it really just goes into everyone's thought process, the, the pros, the cons of it. Um, and ultimately how we've gotten to this point now where we can talk about semi-state games and, you know, swimming state championships and things like that. And again, um, like I said just a few seconds ago, you can't do this without the officials. So my hat's off to them. Um, they didn't have to do this, um, but they were they were willing to step up and make this happen for um, our athletes. And I think that that's uh, something that we should definitely be um, praising them for. Yes, absolutely. And uh, everybody who... Uh and we said this before, but it bears repeating. Um, everybody who is making uh, this uh, school year of athletics possible uh, is going above and beyond. Uh, the kids are going above and beyond uh, by following protocols. The athletic directors, you know, um, are going above and beyond by, you know, dealing with constantly changing schedules. Um, the officials, for sure sport personnel you know scorekeepers time you know the clock operators all sorts of people um you know the, it's unfortunate well i guess i was going to say you know we're not having the you now the fans are getting back to the stands so you know i mean i guess the one group of people that you know haven't been around this year would be the concession stand operators because you know we haven't been doing 
really the concession stands because of for obvious reasons but uh, almost you know everybody else is is around and helping um and that is a segue to uh as teased earlier um uh, in our discussion here i'm going out tonight back in the for, saddle uh, yes as as we record this on wednesday afternoon i'm going over to ts south and lansing uh, which is hosting a boys' basketball game. I haven't seen a game since, I believe it was March 10th last year. I believe that was the last game I saw. I was married Catholic in Bloom uh, in a packed gym at Bloom right before everything happened and before we realized that being in a packed gym uh, with, you know, Literally more than a thousand unmasked people was probably not a great idea. We didn't know it at that time. You know, luckily, um, you know, nothing happened as far as I know. Uh, it didn't happen with me. You know, it didn't happen with uh, the other participants in that game. But, you know, I'm really excited about it. Um, we actually have football coming up in uh, 30 days from today, actually, is opening night. Um, that's going to be kind of interesting as well. Uh, Illinois football practice was supposed to start two days ago uh, when we had the last <laughs> super blizzard. Um, that was under the original return to play plan. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, then uh, that plan was changed. So practice now starts on March 3rd. Games start on March 19th. On the Illinois side, six-game season, no playoffs as we... The, well, and as of now, there are no playoffs. Um, this partly that that was partly because of uh, travel restrictions, and those have been actually been loosened. So I don't know. There's some a little bit of rumbling that there may be some kind of limited playoffs, maybe not a full blown state playoff, but we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, again, in any case, basketball is back. Um, in basketball. As we know, on the Indiana side, uh, we've heard all about you know the Hoosiers legends and everything like that. But um, for those of our listeners who may be familiar, um, Illinois builds itself as the home of the original March Madness. So there's a pretty good prep hoops tradition on the Illinois side of the line as well. And uh, it is cool to be uh, getting back into that again. Uh, there are very limited fans, I believe, uh, every player is getting two tickets, um, and that will be the limit of the fans. Uh, the South Suburban Conference, which TF South and TF North are members of, are allowing no visiting fans. They're allowing only home fans in the gym. And again, a limit of, I believe, two tickets per player. So, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 spectators which will be a little it'll be very strange i mean it'll be like going to a freshman game like at 9 a.m on a saturday morning or something you know so yeah. um it's also interesting to see really, like the difference between munster and like tf south and they're like uh, pretty much the same difference from a distance from office yeah yeah i mean and i wrote a column about that you know a few months back mm-hmm. about um you know it's been pretty much full speed ahead at munster um, they were one of the football teams that played all of their games, as we recall. Uh, you know, they did not have a COVID shutdown at all. So, uh, definitely props to them for observing the protocols. And, uh, and I, I can't recall, were they shut down for basketball? Maybe briefly. Yes, at the um, beginning of the season, but they've, uh, they've been able to play, I believe, nonstop since then. Uh, okay. So, so they've handled it. They've handled it. 
the protocols pretty well, obviously, then overall. Um, and, uh, you know, as a, as far as the Illinois side is concerned, um, you know, I understand that one of the TS South uh, programs, um, girls bowling actually had a, has had a COVID stoppage. I believe they're back playing again. Um, but that is, again, is the nature, you know, that you've reported this, although I noticed your reporting has thankfully uh, slacked off a little bit on this because they're, well, partly because, you know, the girls are done except for Crown Point, so there's fewer teams that are in season right now, and uh, we haven't had as many uh, reports lately of COVID issues, uh, partly because, I mean, the numbers are getting better on both sides of the state line. The, the uh, I just saw the other day that I think the positivity rate in Chicago is down to like 2.8%, which is yeah. pretty, pretty remarkable, really. Um, and things are loosening up. Uh, so it's, it's, and this whole uh, basketball, football thing in Illinois is going to be kind of interesting because uh, basically it was like ramping up from zero to 100 because, you know, Governor Pritzker and the Illinois Department of Public Health said, okay, you can play now. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> We're not quite ready yet. So, um, and they have to be done by, in, I don't know, what, uh, right around three weeks from now, mm-hmm. a little bit more than that, basically three weeks from the end of this week. So it's a crazy sprint to the finish. Everybody is trying to play as many games as they can. Um, I saw one uh, tweet out today. I think that there's a, there's a, uh, one website that's keeping track of uh, teams across the state. And there have been a couple of teams that have played nine games so far. And uh, I know Glenbrook South up in the north suburbs was hoping to it's schedule 22, assuming that they wouldn't play them all. Just, you know, they, they, had, they wanted to have a schedule put together. So if you play, you play. If you don't play, well, then we just move on to the next game. So it's not going to be anything like the usual thing. And again, football is six games. But uh, I talked to a kid um a couple of weeks ago um who said if they give us three games or four games we'll take it you know kids just want to play that's i mean and you've seen this too i know you know in your discussions um you know with region athletes in northwest indiana it's like kids want to play that's the bottom line coaches want to coach um and uh you know it's a uh is kind of a relief and a release in these uh, difficult times for so many people. Uh, Athletics is such an important part of uh, the fabric of daily life. And we don't realize it until something disrupts that and gets in the way of it. Um, One thing I did want to mention, too, we didn't have this listed on it, James and I usually put together a list of uh, topics we're going to talk about. And one thing I did want to mention before we uh, sign off is that uh, Edgar Decker uh, from Gavit is going to state wrestling this weekend. And what makes that significant is he is the last wrestler uh, alive from the school city of Hammond. He's going to be the last Gavit wrestler ever to go into a match. Um, He's the only kid out of the four city schools, the four city public high schools who qualified. And this is kind of an ongoing story too. Uh, we talked about now uh, Clark and Gavitt, uh, girls basketball, obviously their seasons are over. Um, 
and their history is over. <laughs> you know, yeah. as is as is Hammond High, Morton is going on. Obviously, they'll be playing next year. Um, you know, and the season is coming down to the end for the boys' teams for Clark, Gavitt, Hammond, and Morton. Um, and again, Clark and Gavitt will be done at the end of this season. Um, it's been kind of a kind of a rough time honestly for those programs to you know to try to persevere through here for the, through this last season Hammond High is uh, very good though and uh, you know they're going to be trying to go out on a high note um, you know try to bring together a little bit of the history that's been part of that program for so long we have, it's kind of strange this is like maybe the first podcast we haven't talked about Hammond High Hoops really <laughs> so uh, we will definitely be talking more about them update um, they're, uh, they're still very good <laughs> yes I'm one of the state exactly. still yes exactly so um, you know and this is uh, it's going to be a really bittersweet moment um, you know obviously we've got you know Hammond High's expected boys hoops playoff run coming and uh we've got a whole spring season as well um and there are a few uh uh programs there that are pretty good morton baseball in particular is is a really solid program and uh there's some track kids in the city of hammond that are pretty good as well um but it's just going to be strange you know when clark and gavin close for the last time and uh and hammond high i guess you know transitioning as it as it were you know to the new school that's going up right next door um but that's another story we're following and there are so many stories that we're following and one thing that uh we want to tell you for sure well actually we want to tell you several things number one thank you for your support uh the folks who are listening the folks who read our paper every day the folks who uh, follow us on social media your support uh in keeping local journalism going is so important um we couldn't do it without you for real and as uh we say each week uh, mask up social distance and please stay safe and right now stay warm as well all right we'll check in with you all next time and um just piggybacking off what mike says stay safe and we'll check in with you all soon